0: Of God. Amen. We were able to look at path one, two, three, and today is the final session, and I pray that the Lord will help us. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go back to the account. Luke chapter four, which is our text. We're reading verse 17 down to verse 18, and then we're gonna go right into the message. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 4, 17 and 18. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive and receive and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. We were able to look at some major aspects regarding this for the past few weeks. And uh, we'll see that this was Jesus' assignment. Jesus' commission. And we also learned that the purpose of him coming was not to be served, but to serve. So he came and he served the world. Praise God. He came and he served every one of us. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, there are certain things that I want to point out today, and it is very, very interesting that you and I should hold on those keys. Now, when we talk about service, we were able to verify that service lead to enthronement. It leads to enthronement Serving leads to favor, it leads to development, serving leads to breakthrough, it leads to open doors and increase, serving leads to fulfillment, victory and excellence, praise God. Serving is God's command, it is God's requirement, serving is the will of God and so as believers the question is when and how should we serve? When and how? Well, generally speaking, you should serve at all time. How? According to God's will. Praise the name of the Lord. But then, I want you to note that timing is very important when we talk about serving. That's number one. Number two, communication. Communication is very, very important when we also talk about serving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you must make sure you don't serve the wrong people. You must make sure you don't serve the wrong project. The wrong agenda. Praise God. And you must make sure you serve according to God's timing. Hallelujah. So timing is very important. Communication. If you cannot interact properly, you cannot relate to or you cannot communicate to understand each other. You might not be able to serve. So, both timing and communication are very, very important. Now, some people find themselves in the right place, but at the wrong time. Others find themselves in the wrong place at the right time. Some find themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. And there are those who have found themselves in the right places and at the right timing of God. Praise the Lord. Now... Looking at Jesus' assignment, he came to serve. But let me draw your attention to the Old Testament. The Bible says that at one time, a man by the name of Abraham had an encounter with God. And Almighty God gave him a project. He made a covenant with him. He made a promise with this man by the name of Abraham. And Almighty God told Abraham that through him, the nations of the earth will be blessed. Hallelujah. He revealed to him that through him, salvation will come to mankind. He also revealed to him that through his lineage, his generation, his children, his covenant will be fulfilled. And that is through Isaac and Jacob. But then something happened in Genesis chapter 24. Let's deal with this issue of serving, servant, timing, in communication. Praise the Lord. In Genesis 24. I I'll begin to read from verse 1 downwards. And I will be very fast because of time. It says. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto the eldest servant. Take note now. The eldest servant of his house. That ruled over all that he had. I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. And I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanite among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country, and unto my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I need bring my son again, thy son again, unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. Verse 7 The Lord God of heaven, which took me, from my father's house and from the land of my kindred and which spake unto me that and that swear unto me say unto thy seed take note of this unto thy seed will I give this land and he and I will will I give this land he shall send his angel before thee and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence verse 8 and if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son, thither again. Hallelujah. And the servant put his hand under the tide of Abraham, his master, and swear by him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels. Don't forget, ten camels. Camels and departed from all the goods of his master were in his hands. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nehon. And he made his camel to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening. Take note at the time. Of the evening time in there. Even the time that women go out to draw water. Verse 12. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham. See the man pray, The man seeking the face of God. The servant humbling himself to the God of his master. He said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Praise the Lord. Verse 14. 13 and 14. He says, Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down the pitcher I pray thee that I may drink and she shall say drink and I will give thy camels drink also let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac and thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master and it came to pass before he had done speaking that behold Rebekah Came out, <laughs> whom was born of Bethuel, son of Micah, the wife of Nahum, Abraham's brother, praise God, with a pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled the pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, let me, I pray thee, drink of a little water of thy pitcher. And and she said, drink, my Lord. And she hastened and let down the pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. Verse 19. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water from thy camel also until they have done Drinking, I will draw water for thy camel also until they have done drinking. Remember, this was the request. This was the prayer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This was what the servant prayed for. That God will cause the woman that will come. That is the will of God. That this woman should not only give him water. But that the woman should also help with the camels. Praise the Lord. So she decided that she will... Help the camels also, and she hastened. She hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough, and ran again. In, he ran, she, she ran again onto the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. She drew water for all the camels of Abraham's servant, and the man wondering at her held his peace. To wit, whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass, as the camel had done drinking. Take note of this. As the camel had done drinking, that the man took a golden earrings of half a shaker weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shaker weight of gold and said, whose daughter had thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room? In thy father's house for us to lodge in let's stop there now looking at this account carefully you will definitely note that the destiny of the human race was hung on the covenant of abraham praise god the covenant that god made with abraham the fulfillment of every life was hung on the promise between god and Abraham, the salvation to all men, the salvation that we're enjoying now through Jesus Christ came as a result of this covenant of the promise between God and Abraham. Now, remember, it is a transgenerational covenant, it is a covenant that will move from Abraham to his children and his children, children, and on and on. And now, we are the beneficiaries of that covenant of the promise. Now, in this regard. The Bible says that at this particular time Abraham was old, well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed him in all things even at his old age. But he knew that at any time he will pass. So what he wanted to do was to find a wife for the son Isaac. So he called the most prominent of his servants, the 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 the, the overall And he asked him to put his hand underneath his tie and that they make a vow, a covenant that he will not go down elsewhere to find a wife for his son, but he will go down to his own people. Now, it is also interesting to note that the servant was humble, the servant was willing, and the servant was obedient. Now, he called for a servant. He called for a servant to assign him this crucial project. Praise God. And this is a project wherein every human born into this life is connected to. And this is the project that your salvation is connected to. This is a project that your blessing and all the promises of God that we're enjoying was connected to. And Abraham decided to assign it to a servant. Why? Because a servant ought to be humble. You remember we talk about the attributes of a servant. A servant ought to be respectful, obedient, willing. Praise God. Hallelujah. A servant is a dead man. One that has no will on his own. The Bible says, Except a grain of wheat, fall into the soil and die. Praise the name of the Lord. So we realize that he chose a servant and assigned a servant to a mission like this. Very crucial. Now take note also the servant left the bible says he prayed unto the lord he asked that the lord will help him and that the lord will provide and he gave conditions he he made a request to the lord that whoever will come let it be that this person will not only give me water but that this person will also be able to care for the camels 20 camels praise i mean 10 camels praise the lord now let's deal with some details now, when the man of God, the servant, went there, he pitched close by the, the well. And it was at the right time, the Bible says. He says it was even at the time that women go out to draw water. Praise the name of the Lord. Hmm. Now, at this particular time, in fact, I believe personally, I believe that this man was not only at the center of God's will, but he was also a wise man. Very wise. Praise God. Because for you to decide to look for a wife where at the time when all other women are coming or all the ladies are coming out, that's a difficult thing to do. Because you see all kinds of women at the end, you will be confused. Right? But this man was so smart. He was so wise. And not only that, he was at the center of God's will. Look at what he requested. He said specifically, let it be that the woman... That I will ask for water and she will give me and give and decided to feed the the 10 camels. He said that should be the one. Right there, as soon as he finished his praying or the request, God in his divine design caused Rebecca to show up. Now, what you also see here is that, take note, Abraham requested that a servant will go and accomplish this mission his servant decided to go and accomplish this mission now take note very deep now this servant also prayed that God will give him a servant that will serve him and serve the camels i hope you get that okay let me go over it again abraham delegated such responsibility such assignment very crucial to his servant Now, the servant prayed that God will send him a servant that will serve him and serve the camels. Praise God. Because you know why? God's agenda is about serving. Because take note now, back to the historicity of God's promise. Remember, if Rebecca is going to become the wife of Isaac, She's going to become the mother of the covenant, the mother of the promise. Praise God. And if she's going to become the mother of the covenant, the mother of the promises of God, then she ought to be a woman that will serve people, that a woman that cares for people, a woman that has an open end, someone that is trustworthy, somebody that is reliable, someone that is dependable. Why? Because there is a generational covenant. That is going to be upon her life. A generational responsibility upon her life. Praise God. So she must be the right person. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So he went out looking for a servant. Who is a generational material. A servant who is a godly material. A servant who is a very wise material. A servant who is a faithful material? A servant who understood the purpose and the will of serving and loving and caring for people. Now, take note, very important. Many times, you know, let me just digress a little bit. People say, I'm looking for wife material. Yeah, you can look for your wife material. But trust me. A wife material can be any other kind of person. It depends. Praise God. But if you're looking for a servant material, it will become a blessing. That material, that individual will become a treasure in your house, in your family, and not a burden, but a blessing in every area. Now, let me reveal this to you now. When the woman showed up, Rebecca showed up, she was willing ready to adhere to the instruction of God, unknowingly to her. She doesn't know what the, woman, the man prayed for, the servant prayed for. She, thought, she, she didn't even know that the servant had prayed that God would bring him another servant. He didn't know that. She didn't know that. Hallelujah. So she goes there, saw the strange man, and look at the man with 10 camels, And the man says, please, help me with water, please. I mean, I'm thirsty. She brought down her hand. The Bible says, gave the pitcher to the man. The man drank of the water. As soon as he's done, he says, okay, how about your camels? I will take care of them also. Now, let's talk about the camels. Imagine 10 camels. I was searching, and I get to find out that each camel would drink about 20 gallons of water. 20 gallons of water. So, which means that this woman... It's going to go out for about 200 gallons of water. Can you imagine this? It's a huge responsibility. Those animals, they are huge. They drink a lot. And it takes a lot of time, patience, courage, love, you name it. Sincerity, humility to do that. To serve. So she decided to serve all of them. So she did not only serve the servant of God, but she also served the camels. Did you get that now? Now, it takes a woman of character, it takes a person with a servant attitude to do such. Now, take note remember I told you that the destiny of, the, of, of, of God's plan, God's purpose was tied to this... Assignment. Now he found the woman. Now, this woman is gonna become the wife of Isaac. Now, if she becomes the wife of Isaac, she's eventually part of the covenant of Abraham and Isaac. Praise God. And take note now, she's gonna be the mother that will bring forth people like Jacob and others. Praise God! Hallelujah! Through the through her lineage the seeds of the promises of God are going to come forth. Now she got there, served the man, served the camels. Praise the Lord. Now may I say this to you? It takes service. It takes genuine, sincere service for you to get to the point of fulfillment in your life. Are we ready to serve? Are we willing to go the extra mile? Whether they appreciate you or they don't appreciate you, are you ready to serve? Whatever you are going to get out of this or the benefit of serving or whatever, it doesn't matter. Are you, do, you, do you have that charisma? Do you have that nature of serving? Because one thing you discover is that this woman, she knew nothing about the prayer of Abraham. She knew nothing about the covenant of Abraham. She knew nothing about the servant prayer to God. She she, she was not even part of anything. She was like a strange person. But with a servant attitude. And God listen to this now. God in his divine orchestration pushed this woman Rebecca towards the servant and she was handpicked by God. To become the wife of Isaac. Why? She's a woman that is always willing and ready to serve. Praise the Lord. Listen, beloved. If you are such a person, God will always create open doors for you. He will always give you opportunities. He will always create channels through which you will be blessed. Hallelujah. Remember, another man was David. David was a servant of God. Praise God. Right from his childhood, he was serving animals, but the worst case scenario was that he was a servant to his own brothers. Can you imagine that? Oh yes, he was a servant. He served not just the animals, but the Bible says at one particular time, he was sent out to take food to his brothers. In fact, that was how he got in touch with Goliath as a servant. That was how his victory came about because he went out there to take food, to deliver food He was an errand boy, his servant. He was not even considered. In fact, at the time when the man of God came to anoint him, the father forgot about him. He was unrecognized. Praise the Lord. Why? Because he was out there serving. Do you want God to elevate you? Do you want God to bring you to that point wherein you discover his calling and plan and purpose for your life? Just serve. Praise the Lord. Now, not only that David was a servant of God. At one time, the Bible says something in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 23. David assigned. In fact, he didn't assign it. He just made a request. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 23. He made a request to his servants, right? But then the Bible says, it was only three of them. Three of them that were willing to serve. Praise the Lord. 1 Samuel 23 from verse number 5. Are we there? For Samuel 23. And it was... for Samuel 23. Are we there? 15, sorry, not verse 5. 15. 15, 16, 17. It says, And David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness, in Zipporah, in the wood. Praise God. And Jonathan saw... Am I reading from first? Sorry, (laughs) I'm reading from first Samuel. It's supposed to be second Samuel 23. Pardon me, please. Second Samuel 23. Are we there? 16 and 17. Let's take it from verse 15. Sorry about that. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the waters of the well of Bethlehem which is by the gate. Take note. He yearned that one should give him from the water of Bethlehem that is by the gate, where, in fact, the Philistines, the enemies, were encamped at that particular time. Verse 16. And the three mighty men break through. Take note. And the three mighty men, these are men of David, they break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate. And took it. And take note. They took the water and they brought it to David. Nevertheless, the Bible says. He will not drink thereof. But pour it out unto the Lord. Very short account but very, very important. David decided that he wanted to drink from the well of Bethlehem. At this particular time. The Philistines were surrounding that particular area, and then the Bible says three men, three of them decided to respond to the need of the king. Three of them were willing to make the sacrifice. Three of them were willing to serve the king. Three of them were willing to serve the desire of the king. Three of them were willing, take note, to put their lives on the edge three of them were willing to risk themselves and fight. Praise God. Now, take note. Imagine the enemies are there and then the king asks you to go and fetch water. You will say, Lord, what is wrong with this man? What kind of wickedness is this? Why would he, in fact, endanger our lives? Are there no other wells that he would desire to drink from? Why would he be this negative or this fear I mean fearful why would he be so, so wicked why, why, why is it that he want to expose the, the, the life of, of these people the bible says among the men the mighty men it was only three of them that were willing and they decided to grant the desire of the king they, des- they decided to serve and to sacrifice now look at it very well The Bible says, the three mighty men, they break through the host of the Philistines. Did you see that there? Just to please the king. Just to fetch water from the well. They put their lives on the edge. Break through the Philistines. That is service. And sacrifice. May I ask you, What is it that you've done that you know this cost me or cost my life or affect me so much but it's worth it because I'm doing it because I'm serving God. What decision have you made? Praise God. What is it that you have changed? Hallelujah. What is it that you are doing and that you know it is costing you and even hurting you, but you know very well that is because you are serving God. So you don't count the cost, you don't count the pain. You are ready and willing to do it because you love God. So the Bible says they break through the host of the Philistines and do they don't, they don't just listen now, they don't just go in and fought against the Philistines and break through, but they make sure at the end they got what they went for. Did you get it? Okay, to break through the host of the philistines, we get it. But remember, you have to fetch the water and bring it. If you break through and you didn't come with the water there, you didn't accomplish anything. Because what the man was asking for was not a battle with the philistines. It was asking for water. So it was very, very tough. You have to break through. You have to go through challenges. You have to go through trials. You have to fight battles in order to serve the king. What are some of the things that you've gone through or you are going through for the sake of Christ, for the sake of serving God and serving others? What are the things that you've lost? What are the things that you put on the line for the sake of serving God and serving others? What are the things that that you've been doing and you know it's cursing you? You know it's hurting you? You know it's taking your time. Your gift is involved. Your potential is involved. Your life is involved. All in the name of serving God. And sacrifice. What is it that you've done? Many of us we complain. Imagine if I tell you now. To do this. As a pastor. You say God forbid. (laughs) Praise God. Say every enemy of progress I bind you now. In the name, you'll be binding the pastor, calling him enemy of progress. Who you want me to die? Anyone that doesn't want to see me in the name of Jesus. Let them die. Let them die. Let them die. die. That could have been the prayer point. In the case, like this. Say, ah, I thought you were my boss. I didn't know you were my enemy. Why would you be doing this to us? look at this the man we never read that they complained we never read that this man they were even doing this not with a uh, not with their heart and on i mean it's like they were forced to know it was just a suggestion that david came up with it was just a point it was just a desperation just a need but he did not force them the bible says they were willing they were ready to please the king at all costs. Ready to do whatever it takes to satisfy the heart of the king. They were ready to serve him in the time. In, in the morning, in the daytime, in the nighttime. Serving even if it is going to cost them their lives. They were ready to serve. So they went. They drew the water out of the well of Bethlehem. That was by the gate. And took it. The Bible says and took it. They went and drew the water, but the Bible emphasized that they got the water. He said it again, and took it and brought it to David. Praise God. Now look at what happened. Hmm. This is mysterious now. Nevertheless, the Bible says, when they brought it to David, nevertheless, the Bible says, he will not drink thereof. You know why? Hmm? He will not drink thereof. Look at what it says. The Bible says, but poured it out unto the Lord. He says something verse 17. And he said, be it far from me, O Lord. Look at this now. That I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he will not drink it. And these things did these three mighty men. Did you get it now? Wow, it is very, very mysterious. I don't have time to go into the details, but let me just summarize a little bit. You discover that what happened at this particular time now, what they thought was an offering for the king, what they thought was a service to the king, what they thought was a sacrifice to the king, what they did as a means of love and loyalty towards the king listen to this now, it ended up becoming a sacrifice towards God, a service towards God, love towards God, praise God. Because the king decided not to drink the water, but the Bible says he poured it out unto the Lord. Now take note now, take note now, which clearly means that whatever they were doing, believing that it was David, unknowingly to them it was unto the Lord. Are you getting it? I'm say that again. Whatever they were doing, believing that they were doing it towards David or for David, unlovingly to them it was unto the Lord. Because what happened? Their sacrifice ended up for the Lord, being for the Lord. Their sacrifice ended up unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. And David says, God forbid, I will not drink this. These men went out there, they put their lives on the edge. They sacrificed their resources, sacrificed themselves, sacrificed their family, sacrificed all their potentials, everything to make sure they do this. But I will give it unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. He poured it. Is there, is there, is there anything out there that you are doing that we can use and glorify God? Is there any sacrifice that you are making, that out of your sacrifice that you are making, we can use that sacrifice to glorify God? Is there a service that you are offering unto the Lord that we can use to glorify God? Maybe you have a gift of singing. Why wouldn't we use that gift to glorify God? Maybe you have a gift of of, of playing instrument. You have a gift of prayer. You have a gift, No no matter how big or how little it is, as long as you can use whatever you have or whatever you are, as a means of worship to glorify God, God will take glory in them. Hallelujah. So this mighty man decided to break through the camp of the Philistines. And the Bible says, they brought the water out, gave it to David, and David says, no, this is unto the Lord. They never imagined this. They never thought that this would be unto the Lord. They thought they were doing it unto David, but it ended up being unto the Lord. May I say this to you? People may not consider you now, whatever you're doing. Or even if they consider you, but don't look at it as you're doing it unto man. Just consider that you're doing it unto the Lord. Remember the scripture that keeps coming up. Jesus said, whoever will give a cup of water to this little one of mine, you have done it unto me. Praise God. So love your brothers, care for your sisters, sacrifice and serve them. Serve your masters, the Bible says in fact, as unto the Lord. Serve others as unto the Lord. You'll be amazed to see how much God will bless you in return. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at another group of people. Praise the Lord. Another group of people. These are God's people also. In Joshua chapter 24. These were the children of Israel. And the Bible says at this particular time, they were doing things otherwise. Backslided. Beginning to go after a strange God. The Bible says they were called by Joshua that they should make a decision, praise God, and that they should choose who they will serve. Joshua chapter 24, are we there? Verse 14 downwards, Joshua 24. Hallelujah. Verse 14, it says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. You see that there? Verse 14, Joshua 24, 14. Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And in truth. You see that there? Praise the Lord. Serve the Lord in sincerity and in truth. And put away the strange gods which your father served on the other side of the flood. And in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. Serve ye the Lord. So this is the second time he's telling them. Serve the Lord in sincerity and in uh, in truth. And he's saying now, serve ye the Lord. Praise the Lord. Verse 15. Verse 15. And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. If you think that it is wrong or it is evil to serve the Lord, Joshua is saying to them now, choose who you will serve. So serving has to do with choice. Your will must be involved. Hallelujah. Choose whom you will serve. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served, that were on the other side of the flood, or the God of the Amorites. praise God, in whose land you dwell, but, look at it, look at it. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve who? The Lord. So he gave them the decision or the choice. Choose who you will serve. You want to serve the God of your fathers in Egypt? You want to serve the God of your, uh, the Ammonite? You want to be like your forefathers, how they got into idolatry? But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. Who do you choose to serve? Who do you want to serve? Praise the name of the Lord. Or the question is, who are you serving in your personal life? Who is that brother? Who is that sister? What is that organization or that business that you are serving? Is it to the glory of God? Praise the name of the Lord. We must choose who you will serve. Now look at this. In 14 it says, "We must serve Him in sincerity and in truth. You remember we talk about that on Friday. we'll talk about that on Wednesday how to serve the Lord. You don't serve because you have an hidden agenda, interior motive. You don't serve because of profit or what I will gain out of this. As soon as you are called upon, the next thing you begin to look at, what am I going to get out of this? Somebody asks you for help, you ask, how much will you pay me? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being sincere. In fact, Rebecca is supposed to have asked the servant, You must pay me after I have given 200 gallons to ten camels. Do you know what it means? See, I've been working since this morning. What's wrong with you? He says, No, go show me your father's house. This woman labored, she suffered without asking for a dime. The three mighty men of David they put their lives on the edge. They labored. They fought. They came out with scars and pain. Go through death and come out of death. And they never asked for a dime. Never. God is using Joshua now to speak to the children of Israel. That they must serve the Lord in sincerity and in truth. How many of us are doing whatever we are doing because... We know that God has called us to serve. How many of us are doing whatever we're doing because we want to please the master? Some people serve for the icing of men. Some people serve because they got paid. Some people serve because, you know what, if I don't serve properly, I'll be kicked out of this job. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you serving in sincerity of heart? Are you sincere deep down in your heart? Are you doing it in a sincere way? That is what I'm asking you. Come play the keyboard. Are you playing the keyboard in a sincere way? Or you are doing it out of pride. To be bluffing around. To show I can, I can play the music. Or I can sing. Or I can preach. Can't you hear my voice? I can shout. You know I will shake this place for you. Oh, I will rock the place for you. Is that why you are preaching? Is that why you are teaching? One of these days we talk about building platforms. You know, how people are striving to build platforms for themselves. No. No. Rebecca asked for nothing. The three men asked for nothing. And now Joshua is saying, do it in sincerity and in truth. In sincerity and in truth. Whether Pastor see, he doesn't see. Whether you have it or you don't have it, Whether they recognize you or not. Whether they make mention of your name or not. You don't just pay attention to all of those things. You pay attention to your heart condition. Am I doing this sincerely? Am I right? Is it of truth? Does this glorify God? Whatever I'm engaged in doing, does it glorify God? Praise the Lord. Listen, if the church is like this, sincerity, right, and truth is in the churches, there'll be no need for pastor to call, yes, sis, why did you do this to that brother? And bro, what happened between you and the next brother? Oh, why are you fighting? In fact, why quarreling? Oh, pastor, you don't know what he said to me. He said this, or she said that, or this say, and that say, and whatever, you know, and he keep going on and on and on and on and on, fighting the division, the conflict and misunderstanding ought not to happen if we have this mindset that we must serve sincerely unto the Lord or that we must serve in truth. I'm serving God and I must serve God sincerely. I'm serving God and I must do it in truth. Every area of your life, everything that you're doing, Make sure it is done in truth and in sincerity. Because listen to this now. Remember on Friday, we looked at a scripture that says that Solomon was advised. David advised Solomon, right? He says, make sure you serve God the same way in sincerity and in truth. And he said to him something deep. You Remember, we watched that on Friday. He said to him, he is the one that searches the heart, number one. He knows the mind, number two. He searches all things. So if you are doing whatever you are doing for the, uh, uh, for, the, for the icing of men, at the end, God, who knows your heart and you think you are serving and everybody around thinks you are serving God, he will not reward you. I pray that that will not be your case in Jesus' name. But that you will sincerely, wholeheartedly, honestly, in truth, you will serve the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. How do we serve? Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11. 2 Chronicles twenty nine eleven. We must be very careful the way we serve. Second Chronicles, twenty-nine. Are we there? Hmm. When I read this advice or this admonition from Ezekiel, it shocks me. Hmm. And eleven, Second Chronicles 29 verse 10 and verse 11. I want you not to forget this. <laughs> now, it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. Verse 11 now. Take note. My sons, look at this. My sons, Be not what? Be not now what? Negligent. My son, be not now negligent. Why? Why? For the Lord had chosen you to stand before him. That's number one. Number two. To serve him. You see that there? And that he should minister unto him and burn incense. In other words, don't be negligent in standing before God as a Levite. Don't be negligent in standing before God, in serving God. Sometimes, there are Christians that we refer to as will Christians. You have to pick them up, you have to drag them before they could do what they're supposed to do. will Christians. There are those who are in the pond, out of the pond, in the pond, out of the pond. There are those who want to showcase themselves. You know, if the crowd is not there, I can't do it. I want the crowd to see what I'm doing. So at least they will applaud me. They will appreciate me and validate me. No, don't be negligent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be careless about things. Hallelujah. Don't be negligent. So I won't do it certain thing that you're supposed to do. You say, I won't do it. Why? You say, because I don't, just, I don't just feel like doing it. Others will say, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for it. Whereas, take note now, let me show you one dangerous thing in life. And these are some of the things that God has been opening my eyes to these days. God will not wait for you. That's number one. Number two, time will not wait for you. Must go by it again. God will never wait for you. Time won't wait for you. And that's the reason why some of you they think that you ought to have done many, many years ago, and you realize, oh, I wish I had done it. You thought, oh, in the next few few months or few years, I'll do it. You procrastinate. Now things are changing. The tides are changing. Life in itself is changing. You don't have the strength and the stamina anymore is God. The system and the culture everything is changing and now you are regretting because you are like oh I wish I had done it before. You are just negligent. Very very negligent. I'm not ready for it now. Or when it is time. In fact I wait after I am 60 then I begin to think of serving God but right now I'm too young. I want to have fun. Look at it again, verse 11. My son, be not now negligent, for the Lord had chosen you to stand before him. Can you imagine this? Do you know how many people have the call of God upon their lives? And they're in the church. They say, no, pastor, I don't want to get into this. Our ministry is not my thing. They know very well that ministry is what God has called them into. But they will tell the pastor, ministry is not my thing. Not because they really don't want to get into it, but because they are looking out for money and opportunity that is not there yet. And because those monies and opportunities are not there yet, they just cry down. They are calling the gift. And even when the pastor is saying, No, I think God has called you to it. He says, I'm not ready for that. You see, there is one bad setting that is happening in our world today. Very, very terrible. People don't want to belong to a place or a set of people who are striving and working hard to make things work. They don't want to belong. They are looking out for a bed of roses. They want you to labor, they want you to suffer, they want you to accomplish everything. Then they jumped into it and says, "Ah, we're part of you, or we like it." Or, you know, humanly speaking, that's the mentality. Self-centeredness, greed. They don't want to step on board and be involved. They don't want to labor with you. They don't want to struggle with you. They don't, they don't want anything of the sort. They want you to have made the bed, build the house, everything, and then they walk in. In fact, that has contributed to the divorce rate in the Western world. When the sisters are only looking for men who have made it, so they don't want to suffer. They just want to match in with their shoes and bags and say, my husband, and then cross their legs and be on the phone. While the man has laboured over the years, that's why the man will not respect or honour you. Why? You came in with nothing, so he can kick you out for nothing overnight in a moment. Despise and disrespect you. Equally, so there are men who are like that. They just want to jump into your life. After you've labored and invested in yourself, develop yourself, make some achievement, they will just jump in. They don't want to suffer. They don't want to serve. They don't want to sacrifice. My sons, be not now negligent, for the Lord had chosen you to stand before Him. What a privilege. You've been called. You've been chosen by God anointed or handpicked by God to stand before him and you are acting in negligence. What an insult. He didn't stop there. Praise God. And Look at it. It says to serve. We must learn to serve. And that ye shall minister unto him and born incense. You think that's all? Look at verse, uh, the same account. I'll show you something. Chapter 30. Look at chapter 30. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Take it from verse 7 and 8. Chapter 30, verse 7 and 8. And be not ye like your fathers and like your brethren, which trespassed against the Lord God of their fathers, who therefore gave them up to desolation as ye see. Verse 8. Now, be ye not stiff-necked. You see that there? You were warned before that you should serve God in sincerity and in truth. Right? We were also warned that we should not be negligent. Right? Now, we are also warned again that we should not be stiff-necked. You are a Christian, but you are stiff-necked. You are stubborn. You are hard hardcore. Remember those days when, <laughs> when, you know, when back home, you know, we used to have some members who were troublemakers. Hey! Every time they are, <laughs> they are the ones that they, any, any problem, any confusion, they are involved in the church. The church. I remember when I started my very first branch. There was this particular brother. Man. That guy, he knows how to sow discord among people. And he likes when there's confusion. He will stand at a distance he'll be looking and he'll be smiling. After he had sown discord, conflict, he will stand. I'm, I'm, I'm not making this up. He will stand at a distance. And within around, he will look and make sure that thing happened. And he'll be smiling. After I discover him, I realize who I'm dealing with. I said the line. Look at this verse carefully. It says, Be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourself unto the Lord. Yield means surrender yourself unto the Lord. Give yourself unto the Lord, praise God, and enter into his sanctuary, praise God. You see that there? Enter into the sanctuary which he had sanctified forever and do what? And do what? Do what? Do do what? You will serve the Lord your God. Don't be stiff neck, Oh, pastor, if that brother is not doing it, I'm not doing it. Uh-uh. You're talking to your pastor like that. Pastor, why are you picking on me? Why are you picking on me? Why did you call me? Why, what happened to this sister and that brother? Shame on you. You know why? Because you're missing out on the goodness of God. People will tell you, I'm not saying this out of pride or arrogance, but I'm humbled by the grace of God. There's nothing I cannot do for church members. There's, ever since I, I, I knew the Lord, I'm humble. Sometimes I'm even humble to my fault that has affected me somehow in some areas. You call me now. As long as I have the time, I'll be ready. I'll be there for you. It doesn't matter what you're going through or the kind of thing you're doing or the job. As long as I have the strength or I have the resource to help you, I will help you. Except otherwise, I will say no. But if not... I always say yes. Because you know what? You don't understand. I have a mindset that when I'm serving you, I'm serving God. That is my mindset. If I'm serving you, because that is what the Bible says, I'm serving God. You may begin to wonder, ah, this is not the pastor. Why is he doing the job like this? Why does he get involved in this? Why is it this? Why? It? You don't even know. What you don't even know is that out of your own negligence, I'm being rewarded. I'm taking crowns. Praise God. Out of your own stiff neck, lifestyle or negligence, I'm laying hold on eternal treasures because I'm serving, I'm helping, I'm sacrificing and there's going to be a reward. And that's what I'm looking for. Hallelujah. The Bible said that they must what? Sacrifice and serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. He said they must serve the Lord, your God, that's the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. How many of us are that sincere and honest to say, Lord, whatever it takes, I'll do it for you. Whatever it's going to cost me, I'll do it for you. Sometimes you, you, you. You even come to the church, you drop ordinary offering. I refer to it as ordinary offering because what you, what you think is big, maybe just $20, $30, $50, bucks or $100, bucks, you think is big. Imagine God leaving his throne. He left his throne from above, condescended to your level. And he didn't just put 20 bucks for you. He placed his life on the line, on the cross, for your salvation. And he said, let's give for the kingdom of God. Let's give for the work of God you actually, asking the brother, bro, did you give? How much did you give? Or oh, they say we should contribute for this thing. Ah, but you are the very same church member who will refuse to contribute for the kingdom of God. You will walk down to the mall and spend four or five hundred dollars. And let me shock you, let me shock you. Except otherwise, oh. Except otherwise. But never you in your lifetime reject or refuse to give to the kingdom of God. Especially when you know that the church and the pastor is saying, yeah, give. Because you know what? Every time you give unto God, is a seed that you're sowing for your own. God doesn't use money. Have you ever seen God at the grocery store? No. Have you ever seen God driving to the car, uh, gas station and buying uh, gas? God doesn't use money. No, but what happened? is whatever money you are giving is going to be used for the kingdom. That is the kingdom here on earth. What is the kingdom on earth? It has to do with you and I. The development of the church. The beards, and everything. It's for your own good. There are Christians. What they don't like is when pastors talk about money. Ah, he's one of them. He's looking for our money. Ah. (laughs) Let me go over this verse again. Verse 8. It says, And be ye not stiff-necked as of your fathers, praise God, as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord, and enter into his sanctuary, which he had sanctified forever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. So even serving God attracts the mercies of God. You see that there? Serving God attracts the mercies of God, turns away the wrath of God from you. Luke chapter 22, verse 26. Luke 22, New Testament. Luke 22, are we there? But ye shall not be so, but he that is greatest, take note, he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. If you are the greatest among you, you should be as the what? As the younger. And he that is chief, let he that is chief as he that doth serve. Serve. So you want to be the head, serve. Listen to this now. The way up is down. The way up is not up. The way up is down. Joseph served his way. He served his way onto the throne. I'm telling you. Joseph served his way onto the throne. Because of his dream, he was cast out to repeat. The dream of Joseph took him out of his family. Hallelujah. He was being removed by force. It is, it is as a result of that his brother hated him. And yet he kept doing what God wanted him to do. Serve. He was down in the pits. He served. He was in prison. He served. And then he ended up at the throne. Now take note. He kept doing what he was doing. He kept serving. And serving got him out. He kept serving. And serving got him down into the pit. He kept serving. And serving got him into the prison. Hallelujah. And he kept serving. And serving got him to the throne. So serving. Serving his brethren got him out. Serving got him down down to the pit. Serving got him into the prison. Serving got him onto the throne. So serving will get you out, down, in, and up. So just keep doing what you're doing. Keep serving. Turn to your neighbor say, keep serving, and God will not fail you. Amen. I told you before, serving creates opportunities. It leads to fulfillment. It, it, it gives you favor. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Jesus himself is saying, if you are to be the chief or the greatest among others, you must serve. You must serve. You must serve. 27. For whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth? Praise God. It's not that, it's not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as. He that what? serveth. In other words, Jesus is saying, oh, sitting on the throne or at the table, oh, that's honorable, that's respectful. Oh, yes, that is great. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 not like that. In my own way, in my own case, I am serving. Look at it. He says, look at the way he puts it there. He says, but I am among you as he that what? serveth. Jesus, in other words, say, I choose to serve. Because serving is the greatest of all. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 18. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. Acts chapter 20, are we there? Thank you, Jesus. Verse 18. I love this. Act 20, verse 18. And 19. 18 and 19. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, you know, from the first day that I came to Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Right? Verse 19. He had been with them at all seasons doing something. What was he doing? Serving the Lord with All what? Humility of mind. You see that? He was serving with all humility of mind. And with many tears. You see that? Many tears. He didn't stop there. And temptation. Which befell me. By the lying in wait of the Jews. He was being persecuted so much. So, as a man of God, it will get to a point in your life. You experience this. You are serving. I remember Bishop T.G. Jake said something many years ago leading while bleeding. You are leading others while you are bleeding. He was serving with all humility. Humility in his mind. He was not doing it. Hey, don't you know that I'm the boss? I'm the papa? I'm the bishop? Hey, don't you know I'm anointed? I'm gifted. Don't you know my age? Why are you talking to me like that? Find your equals. I'm not your contemporary. No, no, no. no. He was not showing his age. He was not demonstrating his gift for people to uh, applaud him. He was not trying to show off. No, no, no. Look at it. He was serving in humility of mind. In other words, take note now. In his mind, whether you acknowledge him or not, he will do it and do it right. Because that is his mindset. That is his mindset. Not out of grudge or grievances or not out of jealousy. No. Not to make others feel bad about themselves or bastardize them. No. Say, I was doing it in humility of mind. No wonder the man was powerful. Hallelujah. He says, and with many tears, there are sometimes you are serving in pain. But God, why am I doing this? God said, Do it. Oh, but God, look at how how they treated me. God says, you do it. Oh, but God, it's not fear. It's not fear. Lord, it's not fear. God is saying, I know it's not fear. Go and do it. Go and do it. But God, I don't understand. Oh, it will be an embarrassment. God, if I go there and I don't know what to do, God says, go and do it. Go serve. Go serve. Oh Lord, what am I going to gain after this? God says, still go and serve. Even if you think that you're not getting anything, I'm watching you. He says, with many tears and even temptations. Tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. He was being attacked while he was serving. Called names while he was serving. Being hunted down. While he was serving, in prison many times while he was serving, in pain, fasting and praying at the same time while he was serving, being disrespected, dishonored, being torn down by people or community leaders, yet he was still serving. Let me say this to you guys. I know you might not understand this, but let me reveal this to you. You may think that the pastoral job is one of the most excellent jobs. I agree, oh. Being a pastor is all oh, fashionable. Is this that I agree. Oh, you can say it in your own way or whatever you like. But the honest truth is that you ask the sincere pastors out there. They will tell you being a pastor is the most painful and telling jobs that you will ever get involved in. If you are a sincere man of God, you will tell people and you ask a sincere man of God, they will tell you. Because you have to take care of the souls of the people, you have to feed them. At the same time, you have your own life, you have your own. It's like, listen, listen, serving as a pastor is between life and death. You have no life on your own. No, no time on your own, nothing. Because why? You are more concerned about not only the physical well being of the people, but you're concerned about their soul, their spiritual well being. You're also concerned about their eternity. Which other job upon the face of the earth that cares like that? None. None. The, the WFP program, WHO, the UN and all of that, they don't care about your soul. They don't care about your spirit. They only care about your physical well-being. Government don't care about your soul and spirit. If you're going to heaven or hell, government doesn't care. But the pastor will have, When you're sleeping, pastor is praying. When there's a problem, pastor is fasting. Even when he's sick, he will stand and preach again at the same time. He will have to chase you, go to your house, go there, make sure this is, you know, is done. He's going to be there to help, to care, and all of this. The pastor is always there to give and to give and to give and to give and to give. The question is, who gives to the pastor? This was the case. He was serving in tears, in humility of mind. He was also serving in in temptation. He was in pain. He he fell if, if he... The Bible says it says which he 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 fell into. um, Sorry, he encountered temptations that befell upon him, based on the attacks and the manipulations of the Jewish people against him. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter six. So we see the way Paul served. He served in humility of mind. Ephesians chapter six. I'll be reading verse number seven. Ephesians 6. I'll read verse 7. I'll take it from verse 5. Seven be obedient to them that are your master according to the flesh. And fear and says, with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. So even with your master, you do it as of unto Christ, right? Not with eye service, not with eye service as men pleases, but take note, but as the servant of Christ. You are called servant of Christ. Many Christians don't want this title. Oh, they want, oh I'm a royal priest, too. I'm a holy nation, I'm a peculiar people, I'm the head and not the tail. No, you're also a servant. So we do whatever we're doing as of what? Servant of Christ. Do it with singleness of mind and heart. Do it trembling, not uh, 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 for the icing of men, not as men pleases, but with, with a humble heart. Hallelujah. It says, not with eye service as men pleases, but as the servant of Christ doing, take note, doing the will of God from the heart. It should be from the depth of your heart that you are doing the will of God. Verse 7. Verse 7. It says, with goodwill, doing service, again, again, talk about goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. So whatever you are doing, remember I said it before, you are doing it wholeheartedly with a positive heart, with singleness of heart, in the fear of the Lord, in pleasing God, not pleasing man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fear and trembling. And then the Bible says, you do it as unto the Lord, not as unto men. What a wonderful instruction. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28. Hebrews 12 verse 28. It says, wherefore, are we there? We are receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Right? I love this. It says, let us have grace. So you need the grace of God. For what? What is the purpose of the grace? Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reference and godly fear. Reference and godly fear. We may serve God acceptably. So the purpose of the grace is not to be bluffing around. Oh, I have grace. Oh, this, that. You are messing up all in the name of grace. No. But you use the grace of God to serve God how? Acceptably with godly fear. Praise God. And you do it in reverence of God. You do it, you are serving with godly fear. This thing that I'm doing, God is watching me. So how am I doing it? Pastor sent me to another branch. Pastor sent me to go teach. Pastor sent me to sing. Or to, He asked me to lead or to pray. How am I going to do it? I will do it acceptably unto the Lord with godly fear in my heart. Do it with his grace. Hallelujah. Don't just do it anyhow. Do it acceptably unto God. Don't go out there and you serve and your service is not acceptable. At the end of which you lose. You remember Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 talks about that. Presenting ourselves, our body, a living sacrifice, holy, that is worthy and what? Acceptable. So it must be acceptable. I'm not talking about acceptance by the church. The church may accept it but God will not. I'm not talking about acceptance by the pastor or your friend or people applaud you. They say, wow, good job, good job. They may say, good job. That was what you were looking for, the applause of men. But in the sight of God, no, it's not acceptable because it should be according to God's grace, according to God's will and acceptable with reverence and godly fear. Hallelujah. When you do that, at the end, you'll be blessed. Finally, let's look at the blessings and the rewards, and then we're going to pray. i use about five minutes, and we're going to be done. Hallelujah. Let's look at Exodus 23. Exodus 23, 25 to 28. Are we there? Exodus 23, 25 to 28. I love this. I love this, beloved. Look at some of the rewards, the benefit of serving God. So this Christian life ought not to be a burden. Hallelujah. Can we read 25? It says, and you shall serve the Lord your God. So serving the Lord your God is God's will. But then what's going to happen after serving God? What are you going to get in return? God is not corrupt. God is, there is no evil in him. There is no unrighteous or sin in him. Nothing like that in God. So you cannot labor and, or serve and God ignores you. The Bible says he, 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 he will not forget the labor of the righteous. Look at it now. It says, and ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall do what? shall bless thy bread. Bless your business. Bless your family. Bless your life. So there is blessing in serving. He shall bless thy bread. It did not stop there. He shall bless thy water. Praise God. It didn't stop there. And he says what? And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Wow. So we talk about serving God brings deliverance. We talk about serving God brings protection. We talk about serving God brings the mercy of God. Now, serving God influences the blessings of God. Not only that, but serving God, it sort of like terminates or eliminates every form of sickness and disease. Serving God expels or eliminates every form of sickness or disease. He says, and I will take sickness Away from the midst of thee. So that means that if you're a genuine servant of God, sickness ought not to come and stay. So whenever he comes, whenever that pain comes, that affliction comes, the Bible says the Lord is going to take it away from you. So now listen and listen well. You remember I said something before in part one. That sometimes we pray and we pray amiss. Amiss. Not only that, sometimes we think that prayer is the only way out or solution. That is not true. When we preach this word of God, we must be very, very balanced and be careful. There are certain things that you may be going through. It is not prayer that will resolve it. Hallelujah. It's not deliverance. Maybe God is looking out for your service. You're dropping thousands of dollars in the bank, I mean, in the church account, but you're not committed to God. God is saying, "Your money is important, yes, I appreciate, but I need you." Maybe the battle that you are going through in your life, the challenge that you have to deal with, has nothing to do with prayer. Maybe it has to do with your service. Hallelujah. It's like there are some things that you need deliverance for. If it is deliverance that you need, right? And you don't do deliverance and you're doing praying, it won't work. There are certain things that prayer is what you need. So if you're doing prayer, I mean, if you're doing deliverance and you are not doing praying, it won't work. There are certain things that it's just love that you need to do, to love. Certain things you just have to give. Certain things you have to sacrifice. That is how the miracle comes. That is how God intervenes. You don't dictate the way God operates. So, if I try the, the very first principle, it didn't work. I'll try the next one. I'll try the next one. Praise God. There are a lot of these principles and processes to which God will reach us. Look at this one. He says, In serving God, the blessing of God will be your portion in Jesus' name. In serving God, sickness will be eliminated from your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13 and 18. Deuteronomy 11 Are we there? Thank you Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Thank you Lord. Verse 13. Hallelujah. Are we there? Verse 13. Deuteronomy chapter 11:13 to 18. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto unto my commandment, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God. Look at it. To love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, that I will give you, take note, I will give you the rain of your land. You see that? I will give you the rain of your land in the due season, the first rain and the latter rain, and that thou mayest gather in corn, Gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. Verse 15. And I will send grass in thy field, and I will send grass in thy field for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. Take heed to yourself that your heart be not deceived. And ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. You see that? Verse 17. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you, and he shut up. The heaven, that there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit, unless ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord had given you. Verse 11. Therefore, shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your mind, and bind them for a sign unto your mind, that they may be a font light. There may be a frontlet between your eyes. Look at this, beloved. They are instructed to serve the Lord. They are instructed to serve the Lord with all their heart. And not to serve idols. And in serving Almighty God, the Bible says, God will cause the rain. The first and the latter. God will cause their land to yield. Food. You see, prosperity is not about breaking our heads. I'm telling you. Oh, I want to prosper. I want to prosper. Oh, one of the principles to prosperity. Oh, Lord, let me prosper. Let me prosper. If you are not serving God, how can you prosper? Prosperity comes as a result of serving the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Second to last, Mark chapter 10, verse 43. Mark chapter 10. Are we there? Mark chapter 10. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Bless the Lord, O my
1: soul.
0: O my soul. Worship his holy name. Verse 43, Mark chapter 10. Are we there? Thank you, Lord. But so shall it not be among you, but whoso will be great among you shall be your minister. Right? Whoever will be great among you shall be your minister. But if you don't understand what that minister means, look at the description in verse 44. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be what? Servant of all. Servant of all, there is the minister. So if you want to be the head, learn to serve all. And look at this now. Do you know by, that by serving others, that's how you get to become the head? You get to become the head... By serving others. Finally, let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 7 and then we're going to pray. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel chapter 7. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Samuel chapter 7. Are we there?
1: Hmm.
0: I love this account. Very interesting. I'll read verse 1 to verse 4 and then. I'll let you see some major things that happen here. <laughs> okay, let's take it from verse two downwards. Um, okay, just go to verse 3 instead. Go to verse 3. It says, and Samuel spake unto all. It says, and Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord, if you return unto the, this, was the time the enemies were like pursuing after them and the Philistines, a lot of attack embarrassment and all of that if you do return unto the Lord with all your heart take note of the, 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 the request you return unto the Lord with all your heart and put away the strange gods and astroth from among you and prepare your heart unto the Lord look at this you prepare your heart unto the Lord and serve him only you see that serving there you serve him only and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines then the children of Israel did, look at this, they put away Balaam or Balaam and Astroth and served the Lord only. Praise the Lord. They served the Lord only. And so the Bible says, in doing so, the Bible says, and Samuel gathered all Israel to Mishpah. And I will pray for you unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. And look at it. Samuel went and did the offering unto the Lord, made the sacrifice. And before you know, when Samuel was making the offering in verse 10, he said, and as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered. Do you see that God fighting for them? He made a promise to them. You put away the strange God, Astroth, and all the gods that you've been serving. Return back unto the Lord. Serve the Lord and you will see. He's going to deliver you away from the philistines. They did that. They obeyed. And while they were doing that, the Bible says after they served, they are serving God, the Bible says, uh, Samuel went and made an offering unto the Lord. And while he was doing the offering, the Bible says the Lord turned them from heaven. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He was offering unto the Lord, holy unto the Lord. And the Bible says, Samia cried unto the Lord for Israel and the Lord heard. And Samia was offering up the bond offering. Verse 10 now. The Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them and they were smitten before Israel. You see how the enemies were destroyed. You see how the powers of darkness was completely shattered. Why? Because they returned unto the Lord their God. They were faithful. They obey in serving the Lord. And in serving the Lord. Their lives changed. Hallelujah. Their lives changed. They had the deliverance that they were believing God for. They had the miracle that they were believing God for. They have the restoration that they were believing God for. They have the provision that they were believing God for. They have the intervention that they were believing God for. Why? They returned unto the Lord according to the instruction of Samuel. They served the Lord according to the instruction of Samuel. They put away all their idols. And then the Bible says, God himself, Why the offering was being made by Samuel, God himself turned that from heaven. And put an end to the battle that has been there for years. There are some battles that have been in your life for years. Beloved, the way out is serving. You're looking out for a breakthrough? Serve. You're looking out for a miracle? Serve. You're looking out for an opportunity? Serve. You're looking out for an open door? Serve. You want to fulfill your purpose? Serve. You want to increase or develop? serve. In serving, that is how God will connect you to people. That is how God will connect you to situations. That is how God will connect you to relationships. That is how God will connect you to friendships. That is how God will connect you to businesses. That is how God will connect you to family members and things and people. Listen, there's one thing that I know. There's not a single person out there that doesn't love a servant or that doesn't want someone else to serve them. I must say it again. There's not a single one of us out there that doesn't love a servant or doesn't want someone to serve us. Now, if everyone is looking out, anticipating for someone to serve, and these are the very same people that you want to reach, these are the very same people you want to know, you want to get connected to, serve your way into their lives, and you will reach them by the special grace of God. Can we pray this morning? Shall we stand to our feet? We're going to talk to the Lord. We're going to call upon the name of the Lord. We're going to lift up our voices unto the lord and ask that the lord will help us this morning that god will help us to serve in humility as paul says we will serve in sincerity we will serve just as rebecca served the servant she served her way into marriage served her way to prosperity just as the bible says the three men mighty men of david They served their way to the throne of God, to the presence of God. Serve your way through and God will see you through. Lift up your hands, those of you who are watching. If you have not yet given your life to the Lord, I want to pray with you. Say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord, my Savior. I believe you died for me. You were in the grave. On the third day, you rose from the dead. Write my name in the book of life. There, Lord Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Hallelujah. If you've prayed this prayer, beloved, look for a Bible-believing church. Get yourself involved and get to know the Lord and grow in the grace of our God. Amen. Let me pray for every one of you out there. Father, we thank you for the life of your people. Thank you for every man and every woman out there. Thank you for every family, every church. We pray, Lord God Almighty, that Father, you strengthen your people. You grant unto us the heart and the desire to serve sincerely, in truth, in honesty, that Lord, we will not be stiff-necked, we will not be slothful or reluctant, but that we will do it to God in fear and in trembling. We will do it honestly to everyone, We will not discriminate, but we'll do it according to your word in Jesus' name. We cover our spirit. We cover our soul and our body with the power of the Holy Ghost. We ask for divine grace. And Father, all of our friends and our members and our people out there, Lord, our community, we pray for divine protection. Lord, in the midst of this wave of corona, in the midst of the wave of the flu that is going on right now, I pray that, God, you heal everyone under the sound of my voice in Jesus' name. Heal every family member. Heal every church member. Heal every friend. Heal every leader in our community. Heal everyone that is sick. I release the wave, the glory, and the power, the virtue of the Holy Ghost against the spirit and the power of Corona in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we worship you. We bless your name. Be thou glorified in Jesus' mighty name. We love God richly bless you. We really do appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget, feel free to share our messages to your loved ones so that they will get to know the Lord and they'll be saved. Hallelujah. And also